0: Left ear will not have crazy echo in it, right ear will.
1: Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick.
2: We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority, we don't accept divine
0: superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are rejoined by friend of the show, Pat Wick. She's here to talk with us about house rules in board games. What do you do that's not really in the rules? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God.
1: Welcome to Geeks Without God. I am your host, Molly Glover, joined as always by my co-hosts, Nick Glover hey. and Tim Wick.
0: Yahtzee.
1: And today we have a very special guest because it's the episode of Holy Matrimony because we've got Tim's wife, Pat, here. Pat Wick, hello!
0: Hello! Holy Matrimony, exact- Batman!
1: It's our double date. This is a really fun double date, you guys. Yeah, Uh, we are still stuck in Zoom land here. So you can see we are still recording at home as the pandemic shows very few signs of stopping, but (laughs) it's getting better. And so for now, we are still uh, located in our various homes. Uh, But it just got announced
0: that Pat and I qualify so we can we can we can get in line for a vaccine. That's pretty exciting.
1: That is exciting. Yeah. We uh, Because of this pandemic, we've been stuck home a lot and a lot of us have been playing more board games than usual. And uh, also, the four of us are big board game dorks. Like, we, we play a lot of games, we go to, I mean, Pat and Tim both, I mean, Pat especially basically run a convention Uh, called the Megacon that happens twice a year that is board game focused, I would say, wouldn't you put it,
3: would you call it that? That is a very good description, yes.
1: Yeah, it's not the only thing that it's about, but I would say it is, it is the the main goal of the majority of the the, the people who go.
3: Yes, it's the main goal of the majority of people who go, but other people like crafting and other things, so it's just chill.
1: Yeah, but so uh, we want to talk about, or Pat, I wanted to talk about specifically uh, house rules in board games. Yes. Uh, Why do we do them? Do you do them? Which ones do you love? Which ones do you hate? The whole soup to nuts about house ruling in board games. So Pat, what what, uh, inspired this? What what got you thinking about this?
3: Probably playing games and then like learning a game you learned from somebody else didn't actually have the real rules. So you're like, oh, like. Gets into house rules that are intentional versus unintentional because, you know, intentional things like, I don't know, monopoly. Almost nobody plays them the right way, the official way, because but everyone Mm -hmm. makes up house rules. But other ones are you're taught by somebody who taught somebody and then you teach somebody and you don't know where there was an error in the rules, but it's just Mm -hmm. in there now.
1: So that's interesting to me because as somebody who produces games, I read the rules always. So do you, when someone teaches you a game, do you then teach to someone else without checking the rule book?
3: It depends on the game and how many times I've played it. Um, I like reading rules, but sometimes rule books can be, well, 30-page slogs. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. And some people think that's great. And others, (laughs) No, it's also a matter of whether or not the rules are even necessarily understandable to be the same thing by different people. For example, Mm -hmm. in Mysterium, we we realized that just in the four people who live here, we have two different interpretations of what the ghost can and cannot see.
1: Interesting.
3: Because it's not specifically mentioned, but uh, it's like... They pick out the cards, choose three of them, give three to you and put the rest in the box. So you don't even know what the other ones they see are, is how I took that to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever peek over the board to see what the things they're arguing about, the ps- psychics are arguing sure. about. Sure. And other people have read that to say, no, that's just how it's to go faster. And then, they, but the ghost can see over the board and see all of the things.
1: Interesting.
0: Which changes uh, the gameplay for the ghosts by quite a bit. Yeah,
1: that is a very distinct difference. There's,
2: um, there's a. We Molly and I are big fans of the Expanse series of books and the and the show, and so we we bought the Expanse board game when that came out, and that is uh, very much designed for a set number of players, but they also made it so that you could play with fewer players as well. Two. Um, but the the game is fine the game is fun the rule book is like the worst fucking rule book i've ever read for a board game (laughs) and so like right away i was like this is trash here you go board game producer (laughs) translate this into something that's like a like a meaningful rule book so i could see like especially in a situation like that where you might end up with this almost like tribal knowledge of how to play the game because the rule book itself could be garbage it could mm-hmm. be useless absolutely
0: well and i think the tendency is you know especially using omegacon as an, as an example what'll happen is somebody say will say hey tim do you want to play this game and i go Sure. Sounds great. And mm-hmm. so somebody who knows how to play the game is going to sit down and they're going to set it up and they're going to explain it to you and you're going to trust them because mm-hmm. everybody reading the the rules is just going to take too long. But then later you read the rules yourself, as I frequently do, and you go, oh, well, I was completely that was completely wrong. A good example is uh, is Wingspan or as I like to call it Birdemic the board game. Um, (laughs) and, um, we really like playing wingspan and we've gotten into playing it and there's one part of it that's end of round points. And there are two sides where when the person who taught us is like this side is a little easier to do the first time around. And then usually we go to this side to play from then on. And, uh, we believed that the side that was easier because of the way we were taught when you, when you score up at the end of the round, you score up based on who has the most, of that particular, mm. that particular mm-hmm. thing that has to happen. And you mark it down and whoever has the top number gets five points. Whoever has the next number gets four points. And so on. That is incorrect. No. Mm. It's however many instances you have of this particular thing, you count up the board so you can have as many as five. If you get to five, you get five points. And anybody uh-huh. can get five points. The uh-huh. other side works the way I just described. But Got it. Even though I'd read through the rules, I had not caught that until the last time we played the game when I was reading up on something else. And I just happened to glance at that rule and go, oh, my gosh, were we doing this wrong? Uh, And that happens a lot.
1: Yeah, that's so. That is something I wanted to touch on uh, that I can talk about from experiences when we write a rule book. Uh, so we have a we fantasy flight games used to have a history, like a reputation for really bad rule books. I, I think it's safe to say uh, that they were overly complicated and they didn't make sense. Like they contradict sure, each yeah. other. Yeah, yeah.
2: Edition,
1: uh, I actually proofread the rule book for uh, Game of Thrones, the board game second edition, and was like this is all the fuck over the place. Like this is like, and so now we have, we have an on staff technical writer. And one of the things that we strive for is to make sure that if you read a game term you, in a rule, you already know what it is. So if you read the word ships, you know what that refers to and how they work. So there's always like a basic concept section. Sure. Now, some people will get mad at that because they're like, I have to read through four pages of stuff before I get to the, how the game is played. But so there's this really interesting balance and one of the things we do to test rule books is we do um a blind play where you get people who've never played the game before you pick one of them and you're like your job is to read this rule book and then you're going to teach everyone else how to play and then the tech writer or the producer or someone will sit there with a notepad like i'm not here you can't ask me questions i'm just and so they just watch and they just write things down and so you might realize that uh you actually didn't mention the setup step that's really important because you've been playing it so much you forget. And I think that, you know, we're a big corporation, so we've got the opportunity to have that kind of robust QA, but a lot of smaller game companies, especially those that are kickstarting a game, you've got a a string bean team of like, you know, string bean, a shoestring team of like (laughs) three people, right? You've got like an artist and a developer and maybe somebody who does budgets. Right. And so you don't have that, uh, That distance from it, and I think that that happens a lot. Is you need distance from rules to be able to see that they don't make sense anymore, right? Like, Mm -hmm. or that somebody can't follow them. Uh, I wanted to ask first, uh, what is your favorite? This is for everybody. What is your favorite home rule? in a game that you play? Like, what's the one that either, whether you came up with it or someone else came up with it and you love it and you'll never play it any other way. Like, that's just, this is your favorite. What's, what's, what do you guys got for me?
2: I, I, I know mine mm. right off the okay. bat. So uh, there's this game that uh Laurie Richardson taught us at Omega Con years and years ago. Like one of our first Omega Cons. And Molly and I went out and bought the game like right away. It's been out of print for years, but it's called Magical Athlete. And it's your, all these different mythological creatures. The game is basically you roll a die six and that's how many spaces you move forward. The goal is to get to the end. Very simple. All the different characters have a different power that modifies that movement or that the mechanics thereof. Or that modifies
1: someone else's or movement. Or that modifies
2: someone else's movement, right. You might have a character that gets to go forward when someone else rolls a one. Something like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a character that's the siren. And at the beginning of the siren's turn, the siren's alluring song makes all characters move one space towards the siren. That could be one space backwards if you're ahead of them, or one space forward if you're behind them. Mm-hmm. The house rule is, when you're playing the siren and it's the beginning of your turn and your alluring song is sung to summon the other players closer, you have to sing the siren's song and it's something like,
1: because oh. <laughs> the first person was like, I'm gonna, it's like sing, it's like, oh, my alluring song draws you, it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> like just and now that just became the noise and, and now you gotta do it and Lori actually made a cross stitch for me that is the siren and on the bottom wrote like all spelled out phonetically like that is the the alluring song oh it's enchanting i can't look away
2: i can't help it to be drawn forward
1: yeah
2: that's all right
1: tim or pat what's your what's your favorite
3: Gosh, I'm trying to think of like a specific one. Um, I guess it's kind of a cheat in some ways. It's rules that uh, apply in like an expansion. So you buy the game Mm. and then later you buy the expansion and the expansion comes up with games that you can still play with the original. And we're like, if we really like that, we're gonna use those rules. Ah, That's kind of a generic, it's like the game company has said, this is okay but you don't necessarily have to use those extra pieces to do that. Got it.
1: Yeah. Battlestar Galactica has a lot like
3: that.
2: Yep. Yep. That's I like those because it feels like a, um, like a patch sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. they can't really software patch a game. Errata is really really tricky Uh, without like, you know, printing a new manual and and throwing that into the (laughs) game box, which sounds dreadful. Um, I like an expansion that has better rules, and using those, even if you're not playing with the expansion, because yep. those are written with the benefit of experience. I
1: worked on Rebellion Expansion for Star Wars: Rebellion, Rise of the Empire, and uh, in uh, it, even Corey, the designer, was like, "I'm going to fix combat, because like combat just didn't work as well as they wanted in the original." So he figured out a way to fix it. And people will even say, "Oh, you got to get Rise of the, you got to get Rise of the Empire, because that just fixes the combat," and that's like like yeah. a patch. Yeah, totally. I like that. That's a good answer, Pat
0: there's uh, sorry yeah i don't having a having a really specific i re, I had one in mind and i just cannot bring it in my head <laughs> which really ticks me off but uh i think um one of the things that gosh from from role-playing days even though i haven't role-played in a while um the whole idea of uh, uh encumbrance mm, kind of mm-hmm. kind of just like we never fucking bothered with it yeah because, yeah you know Oh, you found a bunch of gold. Well, lucky you. You can't carry it. Whatever. Everybody's got bags of holding. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah, first, yeah. first magic item you find is a bag of holding because worrying fun. about yeah, worrying about putting down weapons or whatever the hell you got to worry about. Just mm, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. give a crap about that 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 business business. So it,
2: it's it's the least fun part of yeah. video games too, like uh, Fallout or. Um, you know any sort of like role-playing ish wasteland that sort of thing games where all of a sudden you know you're playing a first person shooter and you move super slow because you you picked up some junk off the ground and that happened to push you over the limit or you know in, yeah it's in, dumb. in tactical games same thing yeah. it's so it's it's not a fun mechanic
0: yeah. I mean, in Breath of the Wild, you can carry as many goddamn Bacoblin guts as you want, right? It's yeah. Because like, who cares? Who cares yeah. if you got too many Bacoblin guts? Whatever. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I, I really like, so it's, I wouldn't know, I don't know if I'd call, I don't use a lot of house rules. Uh, the one that Nick mentioned is pretty much the only one I can really think of, but uh, I play a lot of by the rules. But I will say, uh, I really like uh, making the noises, when you play any game with like a role-playing element, or when someone's like reading the, the flavor text on the card, and it's like you know, uh, you know, uh, like the the, the young man giggles, and I'll just be like, oh, you know, just uh-huh. like make little sound effects, like like with a slick of a sword, like swish, you know, and it, it's just fun because I I don't I like making noises, and it just kind of ends up being a I, fun thing. I know a
2: house rule of yours. What's we a house talked rule about? Of mine? Uh, just the other day, uh, when we used to play Cards Against Humanity.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we have a a Glovers have a rule that if we're playing cards against humanity uh, with you, the rule is uh, everyone has to claim which card they played at the end of the round, even if it didn't win. So it's not just, oh, I picked this card, this is the winner and then everyone else just shut nope you have to claim what your joke was because otherwise people will play the racist cards and they will make the racist jokes uh-huh. and then if it doesn't get picked they're like oh, i don't know and someone'll be like who put in this one it's so fucked up and oh i don't know who put it in so we know, it made a been rule. anybody
0: yeah, yeah so
1: we made a rule that if you're like if you're playing cards against humanity with us like you have to say that that was my card and own your joke
0: because
1: yep. I, I'm sick of playing vilification tennis with amateurs who are trying to be, <laughs> who are trying to be like so edgy but aren't gonna actually own up to it because right. they don't actually have to say it right. It's, like,
2: it's the coward's way to say shitty things without yeah, any of the, yeah. the I recourse. forgot about that yeah
1: yeah, yeah. I, I know I, I know that.
0: another I know another house rule that that we don't yeah. because we don't really play the game a lot anymore but one house rule that that we often did was uh, especially after about the first half hour in trivial pursuit. Was mm. you don't have to stand land on a goddamn wedge space to earn a wedge. It's just yeah. like answer, answer the color correctly, and you get a wedge. Uh, cause man, when you have to you roll speed that
1: game, oh, I yeah. know
0: because when you had to roll to get to like the, the last wedge space, it could take forever, even oh my though... God. You know, the minute you get there, you're like, oh, well, you know, you get the answer right, right away. But it took you two hours to actually land on the right space. So that was yeah. just like the mechanic that they built in to make it just luck whether or not you could actually get to the right space to earn a wedge. We, we thought that was dumb. And we, we
1: we did it similarly, where if you crossed a wedge space, it counted oh. as uh, it counted as being on a wedge space. Oh,
0: that's, cool. so that's smart. If, so if
1: you if you rolled too few. Ah, yeah, you got to get it next time. But if you rolled over, it was like, okay, that counts. You crossed the wedge gate, as it sure. were, and so now you get. Wedge now you gate. can get it. You can ask for a wedge. Yeah, That's, yeah.
2: You know, this this makes me think of um, the the change in mindset that occurred in video games over the past maybe like ten or fifteen years. And that's that there are so many video games that you don't really game over anymore Mm. there. You don't really run out of the concept of running out of lives and the game ending and having to start over. That's not really a thing anymore. There aren't arcade thing. There there are some more like hardcore, especially indie genre games that um, play that kind of retro style with those kinds of Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. risks and, and, um, those stakes but for the most part a a lot of games have some sort of mechanic where when you die you you're picking up where you left off just a little bit before that in some way even if you Mm -hmm. didn't save like an auto save and i think this all comes from the same thing in in board games with house rules and that's that uh, mechanics that punish the player or mechanics that just aren't fun Mm mm-hmm what's the point then i mean a right. game is supposed to be fun and it can be challenging mm-hmm. sure but like just an outright punishment isn't mm-hmm. necessarily most people's idea of a fun time and like trivial pursuit that's mm-hmm. it's that same thing like that mechanic isn't fun that mechanic is just filler and stretching out the game
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm yeah and i think um and an, an, and I don't have a good example again. And I, but games where there's there's a significant random component, um, where where you can you can lose on a on a roll of a die effectively, yeah. um, bother me. And and we will have a tendency to work some of the random factor out of it. And I mean, there are certainly games like Dice Forge where random is is a piece of it, but exactly. you are building you, you, part of the strategy. The uh, strategy of that game is to eliminate that random problem as much as possible, right? Right, right. right. Um, and and so that's that's random plus strategy. And it's mm-hmm. when when there's random plus random. That, yeah. that it gets to be a little bit more of a challenge and that I lose... We th- A game that we that we used to love and then we played again with the kids and discovered is crap, is Axis and Allies.
3: Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but we had the 1987-88 uh, version of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a classic version of that game. Yeah. Uh, and
2: risk, uh, Shogun, Axis yeah. and Allies. Mm-hmm. All yeah. those games you thought were super complex back in the day are actually just... Rolling
0: dice, it's rolling dice and crossing your fingers. You know, yeah. um, and I, I, those are games that it's like you can't even really come up with a good house rule to to really to really change the fact that it all comes down to dice rolling. And you could have amazing strategy, and if the dice don't agree with you, then you're fucked. Um, yeah,
3: and mechanics that if in, you don't do something specific in the first round, you won't have enough power to ever overcome that.
1: Right, yeah, there's, so like the, the thing that I, I don't know what we, uh, there's a lot of cooperative games that have been coming out lately. That mm-hmm. seems to be a really a really big trend. Uh, and I think a big strength in cooperative games is the, what I, we always call it at work, we always call it the hand-waving of cooperative games, because you can just be like, whatever, let's just say you did that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, because someone can be like, oh, I forgot to use my power and I want to regain two health. It's like, whatever, you did that. Yeah, you yeah. You, used, you used your power, you remembered, it's yeah. stupid. We're all on the same side. And so I think that that really, uh, there's a lot of cooperative games where it's, there's a lot of better house rules because the house rule is only going to give everyone the advantage. Whereas I've played games before uh, at MegaCon and other places where people are upset about the idea of a house rule because they're like, well, I'm good at this game. And that house rule makes it a little bit easier for everybody else. And I don't want that because it's a competitive game. So I think cooperative game house rules makes a lot more sense to me in the sense that everyone's on the same side. So who cares? Like, but I've I've played some cooperative games with people where they're like, well, we're you're cheating. That's cheating. We wouldn't have won. We don't. Which I find such a weird
2: concept. It's uh, the miniatures game Blood Bowl, mm-hmm. which is the Warhammer fantasy uh, football, football, football game where you you buy you you make a team of players you with draft points players with points by, and you you have a whole season of of competing with other people in a tournament. Um, that game relies entirely on doing everything in the right order.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you do anything in the wrong order, your opponent can call off sides and your entire turn is over. Yep.
3: Wow. Yuck.
2: The entire point of that game is to punish people.
3: And to be a rules lawyer. And, and
2: to rules lawyer yep. Yep. because it's, you know, like a sport and they do tournaments and stuff. But like, like what could be a fairly fun game has a, one specific thing that makes the game completely unfun to me. And that's just oh, you touched that guy. Sorry, you weren't allowed to touch that guy. My turn now. It's like, my turn just started. Oh, fuck. Okay, well, I lose then.
3: Yeah. 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 Those are if you're playing games that are more like I don't know, Call of Cthulhu or where you're expected to eventually drop from all of the bad things happening, Mm -hmm. maybe sort of a couple of those, but otherwise that really just seems like a dick move.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I was thinking about I was thinking about this and like so for example, uh, when my brother and I used to play chess, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but the rule is like you can as long as you don't move the piece, like as long as you don't pick the piece up, you can put your hand on the piece, but you can't pick it up. So I could like put my hand on the bishop and like watch my brother's face to see if he would go
0: <laughs> uh, or like
1: you know or whatever and be like no, but if you picked it up it's too late now you gotta move it now you gotta move it the
2: hardcore version is you touch a piece you have to
0: touch a a
1: piece piece, you have to i think it's the chess regulations i'm not sure
0: i don't think i my the way i learned it was you can you can pick up a piece and you can you can kind of look at it but but if you whenever you take your hand if you move the piece and you let go of it you can't take the move back okay but if you move the piece and you're like Eh, nope, bad idea. You can take it back and move something else.
1: And see now, this uh, is a very classic game and we've got like three yeah. different interpretations of it already. Like, I do rules. not yeah. I do
0: not know what the official rule is. It's I one of either. those, I think.
3: <laughs> so there's a lot of these I was looking up, and there's some that examples yeah. that we have made, but I also did some uh looking online and read some comments, which I know is stupid, but
1: No no, this is great. <laughs>
3: Many of them were following uh, falling under interesting subcategories. For example, uh, there was one person who was mostly talking about changing games for their kids, and they were saying that they were rules for maintaining peace.
1: Uh huh.
3: Uh-huh. And they would get rid of rules. For example, like youngest player goes first.
1: Sure. Yeah. Person
3: who's traveled the longest to get here. Well, my bedroom's the furthest. Like, <laughs>
0: uh huh. Uh-huh. That's what schwazi's for. Yes. That's that's what schwazi is for. It's just yeah
3: um if there are and some of these also get from just like youth there's also more ableism there's a lot of rules to switch out for ableism because things like if it's not a specifically needed to be get rid of the timer Mm -hmm. because if it's just a you have one minute to answer the question and a person can do it in a minute easily but not if there's a timer going because they freeze well, yeah. then just stop using the timer and just, if they're sitting there twiddling their thumbs for a while, say, you know, do something.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really mm-hmm. common house rule for us. Most games with timers were just like, yeah. whatever. Um,
3: yeah. Um, other things that we're just looking at. Uh, let's see. Oh, things to even out the playing field. Uh, for example, like in Catan, uh, no robber the first round.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of times when we're, when we're writing uh, for your first game types of rules. Sure. It'll be like, for, for your first game, uh, use just these characters. You know, and and don't worry about this this step, right? And then and then you go, once you've played, now it's time for you to use the the crazier stuff that makes it a little uh, harder.
2: A learn-to-play scenario is almost like a house rule scenario. It is, yeah. Because it's something we you're decided. Kind of simplifying mm-hmm. things that are to mm-hmm. teach people how to play the game and familiarize themselves with the mechanics. Yeah, a quick yeah. I never thought about yep. it that way. That's there, great. There's,
0: a, there's a game we've got called Magic Maze, which is a great game in that everybody has a specific move they can do, but you can't talk. So, Mm -hmm. so you can do, you can do your move anytime, but you can't tell somebody it's your turn to move this piece. All you can do is tap a little piece in front of them. That's like your turn to do something and they have to figure out what that is. And that's a, that's timed and it needs to be timed, but they have hourglass spaces, which theoretically stop the clock, what they, they, which they don't technically, what they do is they have you flip the timer. And you can talk. Ah, sure. But it keeps going. But the timer keeps going. So you have to, so when you, you stop talking, you're done. But now mm-hmm. you got to get going and, and, mm-hmm, and follow mm-hmm. up with the strategy. Hmm. So in early games, especially learning games, but depending on who you're playing with, especially kids, typically we change that rule to you tip the hourglass on its side.
1: Ah, that's good. So
0: time just stops and then you flip it flip it to the longer time when time starts up again and everybody has to stop talking. So that is a house rule that we use.
1: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I've discovered that I, I find whenever a game says you have one minute to, to, to whatever, or like, you know, these two, these partners can go confer for one minute before coming back to the table. It's such a bummer because like, you're basically just putting in a moment for everyone else to be like, especially in this day and age to be like, Oh, let me grab my phone. And like, they're doing a yeah. thing. And like, that is something that makes me crazy is people who pick up their phones during games and just get like, because it's easy to just get lost. Right. So it's like, you'd be like, dude, it's your go. It's your turn. And then they're like, okay, what am I going to do? It's like, that's what you should have been thinking about. Like, not on your <laughs> like whenever there's a moment where it's like, okay, these people are going to talk separately. It gives, I think, leeway, even if you're just, Getting into a cross conversation or not thinking about the game—it it slows everything down. Yeah.
2: There, um, there's a, a mobile game I like that is basically a house rule version of chess. Hmm. It's called Really Bad Chess. Oh yeah. And every once in a while, it'll—you can play like a random chessboard. Where it'll be like, oh, instead of pawns, it's all bishops, <laughs> <laughs> and and you're and you're playing against a computer that also has all bishops. Or sometimes you're at a disadvantage, or mm-hmm. or sometimes it's like the chessboard is set up with only eight pieces. That
1: is fun. It and is fun. and
2: you know, it's it's a much smaller uh, playing field. But essentially, it's like um, house rule chess, yeah, the the totally. mobile game, and totally. like if you know how to play chess. And you enjoy playing chess, but you're shit at playing chess, like <laughs> me. Uh, really bad chess is sup- a super fun way to play chess because it's like, it, if you lose and you don't do well, it's like, well, yeah, I didn't do well. It was, <laughs> it's, it, all it was, it's all bullshit, but it was all you know, yeah. real chess. What other
1: uh, what other things did you find in your deep delve into the internet comment? Well,
3: <laughs> um, well, one of these other things we did and. It, they're kind of s- silent house rules. My kids loved Candyland when they were little. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. And Candyland is a game that I can't stand for a lot of reasons. But the biggest one is if you don't have to reshuffle the cards, by the time you start and just keep going round and round, the winner's already decided. Uh huh. But the biggest thing is also the pink cards, which give your pieces the go forward or go back, would drive our my kids absolutely insane with the... Oh, at the very beginning, I got to go to see the princess in the end, whatever they're called. I can't Uh remember. uh Yeah, yeah. And then or at the end of the game, they would have to go way back to the beginning to the plum gumdrop tree or whatever. Yeah. So I would ahead of time take all of those silly pink cards out, put them in order and then put them every like like lift up a piece, put the first one, second one, third one. So the gumdrop going to the gumdrop tree was going to be one of the first 10 cards. Going to the next one was going to be in the next one so that it would be a little forward or a little back. So that was also helpful because otherwise my kids drove everybody crazy. That was part of the keep the sanity. My
1: mom also stacked the deck to play Candyland, but she stacked it so that I would win in like five minutes so that Candyland would be done. <laughs> it would be like, oh, another double space for Molly. And I'm like, I'm really good at this game. Like, <laughs> and they be like, I guess we're done. We played Candyland. That's,
0: that's I, I, I don't that's blame so your pre- mom at all. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's a game that's
2: so predictable that it doesn't even need players to determine the winner. Now this, like once you've yeah. shuffled the cards together, you can be like, there are three players. Okay, player two, one.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so this leads me to something I wanted to ask you about, too. And, Pat, I know uh, Tim doesn't drink, but you do imbibe on occasion. I and didn't. I wonder, have you ever, because we did this when I worked at uh, a game store, have you ever taken, like, a pretty simple children's game, for example, or a simple game and turned it into a drinking game?
3: No, but that's more of so, my personality.
1: Yeah, we, we I did this with a game called uh, Pengaloo. Which is a very simple children's memory game. They're wooden penguins, they're hollow. You put them over colored eggs. There's two of oh. each color. There's five just a colors. Memory game, sure. Yes, just a memory game. And so we made the rule that, you know, if you if you match, you have to take a drink. Uh, specifically a shot preferably uh, because then the more you win the drunker you get and the harder it is to win so the end game of drunk pengaloo was everybody a little too drunk to remember where anything was and trying to like figure out but like yeah that, that's I think there's some uh we had a game that we played called uh, uh battle shots which uh, is battleship it's it's a battleship right. board mm-hmm. but it's shots so it's like oh, so yeah, would do yeah. we would do it with beer you know and so you would just be doing or, shots uh, of beer but we had,
2: we had a shot glass chess set too yep, shot glass chess. And, and the the debate there is always well does the person who took the piece drink the, sh- the shot of what they took or does the person who owns the piece uh-huh, take the shot? Uh-huh. And I, I was always of the opinion that the person who took the piece has to take the shot because you have a, a balancing system. Built the in to the to the game. Yeah. Level the playing field. If if someone's substantially better at chess, <laughs> well, why, why play two games and see who wins the <laughs> second one. Okay, excellent. All right.
1: Well, so, maybe it's just me
3: then. <laughs> oh, Possible. I mean those. Would be fun, but honestly, it'd be f- more for me things more like high quality chocolates. Oh sure, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't necessarily would dot me like having a good mental ability, except that maybe I'd be eating chocolate too much to care. Yeah, <laughs> someone, yeah.
2: Someone needs to make those. Uh, what are those? Those chocolate assortments.
3: What, what, the, the like were the Russell, oh. not, not
1: Russell
2: Stover, yeah. Yeah, so Russell Stover's needs to come up with a uh, a a chocolate assortment chess set where it's, it's
1: two you sets of, of
2: yeah. chess pieces that are assorted chocolates. And it's like, Oh, you took a pawn. Ah, another coconut for you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I another one, so. Oh, I remember when that actually started this whole thought process, the very end game of Mysterium where mm. you get to the very end and the ghost yeah. has to come out with, what three cards are going to try to figure out which of the psychics had the correct vision. Mm -hmm. And the way the game plays is that, like, if you only earned one card, you see one card, and then you have to vote, and then two cards, they vote, and then the people who get to see all three get to see all three and vote. But there's no communication or discussion Mm
1: -hmm.
0: at all. Even though there has been for the rest of the goddamn game.
3: Yep, it's the end game. And we just decided we hated that because you've been talking this entire time and most of the time it was lost playing with people who, well, didn't quite understand necessarily how other people thought. And Mm -hmm. when you have, I don't know, my kids who have both have Asperger's and don't understand, all of a sudden the game was always lost.
1: Yeah. The same with Spyfall. The first couple of times I played Spyfall, it was at OmegaCon and uh, several of us were pretty inebriated. <laughs> and and so and as was the person teaching the game. And so they kept teaching the game and then being like, Okay, no wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 wait, wait. Okay, hold on. I got ahead of myself. That's not, so you, okay. So don't worry about that. Don't even, okay. So just go go back to what I said at the beginning. And you're like, oh my God, I don't know what's <laughs> happening. And that's a game that's kind of complicated because if you don't understand, if it's like, and then you just ask questions, you ask questions that help you figure it out. And it's like, well, well what do I ask? It's like any question that's going to help you figure it out, which if you're not like, I guess, a, uh, an outgoing person or a theater person or someone who's doesn't care if you win, if you're really like a person who it matters to you if you win the game, that can be a very frustrating place to be when you're just told, ask any question, something that will help a game you've never played, right? And once you play it, you're like, oh, I see. Yes. Okay, let's play again. But that first play experience can be so negative and frustrating that a lot of people I know won't go back. They played it once and they're like, I hate that game. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um so
3: other uh, house rules that I was that I some of these are just fun. Like yeah. uh I saw somebody who decided that um they added railroad pieces to Monopoly and if you owned a part of the railroad, you could just take the railroad to the next railroad as part of your move.
1: Oh. That would but, make it really hard to to the first person who gets railroads basically just wins the railroads
3: could be but you have to own at least one to use it. And it was just some of these yeah. things were just really fun yeah. trying to make some things. Other ones were other. Spin. I mean,
0: anything you can do to try to make Monopoly fun, I'm I'm all in favor of Because. Because, <laughs> yeah. You're
1: not yeah. a, we don't love rampant capitalism being taught to children.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Owning real estate is the American dream. What it's dream. teaching, what it's <laughs> teaching children higher. is that
0: rampant capitalism is boring.
3: Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Um, other things like, uh, oh, if you if the person you're playing with doesn't understand what's on a card, say for apples v. v apples or other things, um, they can draw a new card.
1: Sure. Yeah, I'm always, I think that's a good one. It's like salad bowl. If you open up the name at salad bowl, you get as long as you need. Before you say go. So if the first one you open, you're like, I have no idea who this is. It's like, cool. Take all the time you need before you say go to figure out how you're going to get us to guess that first one. Right. Yeah. Like So like everybody gets to... one. Right. Yep. yep. Yep.
0: I think Salad Bowl is another example, though. I, I mean, it's a game that we play that's almost entirely a house rule game. Right. Mm-hmm. But it also there's shorthand that comes into play. With that, with that game as well as as names keep popping up and again and again. Hell, I haven't played it, but there's one of them that's him again, right?
3: Oh, that was uh, Fatty Arbuckle. But Fatty that, Arbuckle, that, yeah, yeah, on so the wayside.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, there was th- that for a was while. From, that was from Times Up, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, but it, because yep. it's,
0: there was another one that was it's the Caligula. Same game, basically, yeah. there was another one with Caligula that started with the with somebody giving the clue Roman emperor fisting, and mm-hmm. and it got <laughs> it to the became... point. Anytime we played the game, all you do is just go fisting, and everybody was like Caligula, yeah, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> and, and when new people play the game, you're like, Well, we got to let you in on it because it's unfair right. otherwise. Everybody has to know apocryphal. that fisting is mm-hmm. Caligula, um, and him again is Fatty Arbuckle, of
3: course, him again, right? Yeah, um, some, the of the dead lady. Ones, some of the other ones were more in the how because I was. I looked up a bunch of articles, and some of them, the more interesting ones, were how to make games more accessible. Yes. So, for example, Clue, get rid of the dice. Yeah, sure. So it's just who does what. You're not pulling anybody from anywhere. It's not going room to room. Um, Trying to fix games that don't have built in things if you can't do. There's a game called Dungeon Fighter we picked up, but you have to be able to hop up around and jump in circles. And if you don't have like good knees and hips, you can't play the game. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. no alternate for it.
1: There are games, uh, there's a game, I think Dungeon Fighter, isn't that the one with the tiddlywinks? Where you're basically like having to tiddlywink things into a, a section as well, or is that a different game called Dungeon Fighter?
0: I, it's not tiddlywinks, but uh, there there are pieces that you have to bounce off the table to try and mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's that's definitely. Uh, we we've played games where it's like uh, this board is so big that I can't see across it. You know, like I don't. I yeah. can't. I can't see the cards over there. without standing up and bending over the table, which you can't do if you're not a person with with that kind of you know mobility.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, There were a couple gatekeeping uh, things, screeds, that they are like, do not ever play house rules because you're the problem with gaming.
1: Uh. I hate Uh. that. (laughs) Gaming is for fun. Yes. Bottom line. And if you're not having fun, then you should change something so that you are having Uh
3: fun. (laughs) And some of the things are like playing just one as opposed to playing 13 cards or whatever it is. Play so that everyone has two turns sure yeah because then it just changes from scoring a game to just playing
0: yeah yeah for however much time you want to
1: yeah it's like we played we played games where it's like oh and 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 you don't like we you don't score it you're just playing it you know it doesn't really matter it's like we're playing it until we're sick of playing it and then we're like cards against humanity was always like that it was like are we playing to a certain number it's like no, we're just going to play and people can leave and people yeah. can join. And like, it's just, we're just having fun. You know, that's, that's any
0: of
2: those apples to apples. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, concept.
1: Concept, yeah. concept
0: the is one. a game where they, they, they provide a scoring mechanic and in the rules essentially say, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really awesome. I think this, so I, I, I am a, Uh, as someone who writes rules and is involved in the like official making of things. I think house rules are so cool. I love when people are like, oh, oh I really like your game, but we did change it. We changed it like this. Like uh, a game I helped design, Battle for Rokugan, has a, a part, you get a secret objective, right? And so you you, it's a card that, it's a way to keep people from mapping out the games. There's a card that only you know that if you can achieve that goal, you get a bunch of extra points at the end, right? Sure. But the way that we wrote it was everyone deals out two secret objectives and you get to pick one between the two. Right. Uh, uh, Pretty we've standard, also, yeah. Yeah, but like some people will play it hardcore where you get what you get. They just deal it out and you get what you get. Other people will play where you get to, they do like a draft. Like the first person gets to look through all the cards and pick the one they want. And then oh, the next person oh. gets to look
0: through all the nice. cards
1: and pick the one they want. And so like, you may know who picked things before you, but you don't necessarily know Except for the first player and the second player, they might know, but only if you've got all the cards memorized and there's like 15 of them. So that's, you know, maybe. Right. But yeah, so it's it's interesting to hear the different ways people chose that. You know, I, I think house rules are really cool. I think they make games fun.
3: And how they can now be in expansions or official on the game's websites because... Yeah. Game manufacturers are like, oh, these yes. are cool variants. We will make them official cool variants. Exactly.
1: We call them variants. Exactly. They're not house rules. <laughs> they're, they're, they're variants. Yes. Uh, so it's time to get on to five questions. Five uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. And Pat, you wrote five questions for us. I did. All and, right. I am very excited to hear these questions. Hit us. Hit us with question
3: one.
0: I'm excited too. And yeah, I, you I don't should know be. them.
3: Good. Okay, so. A game that's out there that you've tried hard to like, but you just kind of don't. But mm-hmm. everyone else does.
0: I got an answer for that that's easy. We've already mm-hmm. brought it up. Cards Against Humanity. I mm-hmm. Seriously, I, I love Apples to Apples. I think Apples to Apples is a blast. But because we do vilification tennis, to me, Cards Against Humanity is just fucking vilification yeah. tennis but not being creative.
1: Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I kind of hate it. Every time I've played it, I've kind of hated it. And I feel bad because I have friends that love it and it's fine. And if you love, if you're listening to this, you're oh, I love cards against humanity. That's great. It's good for you, but boy, it's like, mm-hmm. I make a living doing cards against humanity and it just makes it boring as dirt to me. Yeah.
2: I feel like that, that uh, is not fair to what we do at Ville to compare <laughs> the two because like, like they are, the only thing they have in common is that like the humor is dirty. Yeah. Or, or, you're right. Or raunchy. You're right. It's, it's, I, I, there's this assumption by a lot of people that, oh, you're in Ville, you would love Cards Against Humanity. Mm -hmm. It's like, actually, I fucking hate that game. (laughs) I will
1: say, I, I tried, I, I, I don't hate any game. I don't hate any game. I don't. I wouldn't give it. A, I don't want to talk about it in a bad way. That's just not like how I do things in terms of my job. But uh, I will say, uh, I just can't get into Gloomhaven. We. Tr- I tried so hard. We played it a bunch. Uh, we played it with Nate, and I really did. I tried my best to get into it. But I. I am a. I am if an agent of chaos. In games, like I was, I wanna go do the side quest. I like to play the silly thing. I wanna make the weird choice. And that doesn't always go well with Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm not super strategic when it comes to stuff. So, Gloomhaven a lot of times ended up me being like, well, what do you guys want me to do? Or what should I do? because I want to make the people I'm playing with happy and I want us to win. And I kind of don't care because I don't really get to make my own choices too much. Mm. And I felt like I was always failing. Like I just, any choice I made, I felt like I was kind of guessing. And even when I felt like I was getting good at it, it just, it's so much to set up and it's so much to play that it, it, the thought of playing Gloomhaven makes me go, okay, okay, uh, it's just like so tiring.
2: It's like uh, uh, Arkham Horror with you too, where it's like, there's, like, a we've gotten to a point in the game where with your character, there's basically, like, a right thing or, like, a best yeah, thing to do. Yeah, And it's, like, people will be, like, well, what you should do is this, this, this. And you're, like, nah, I'm going to go do whatever. Or it's, it's like, like okay, well, We're not going to
1: win, then. Yeah it's, it's like like, of, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, like, we should do this. I'm, like, okay, I guess that's what I'll do, then, because I want... I want everyone else to have fun. But if mm-hmm. I was playing this by myself, I would see what I had to do to break it to lose. You know, like because that's you know it's just that's how I play video games, right? Like what happens yeah. if I what happens if I don't go save her? What happens if uh-huh. I go fuck off and do something else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's Gloomhaven. I wouldn't say I hate it. It's a great game. It's just not my it's just not to my speed. I'm a much more casual gamer. I am a filthy casual, 100 percent
2: I uh there there are a lot of word games that I really do not like, um, like Scrabble's okay. I'm trying to think model. of, I'm trying to think of games in particular that, that I'm, cause I have dyslexia, uh-huh. uh, there are games where it's like, they make me feel stupid. You hate code names. And, uh, yes. Cause that required, yep. because of the reading required yep. for that yep. specifically, and, yep.
1: the, and the thinking of the clues that make uh, other people uh, think of the words, which yep. is it's, yep.
2: there, there are a lot of word games where it's like, I have a decent vocabulary. Like I read a good amount. Like I'm not, I'm not an idiot, but uh, there are some word games out there that, that really make me feel stupid because of dyslexia, specifically. Boggle, and, I used to play Boggle a
1: lot, you and you hate I just, Boggle. I just don't, yep.
2: I just don't care for those games at all. Yeah,
1: Why and it comes we...
2: down to the accessibility thing for house rules. But I just, there are games that, like on paper, I should love them, and I really yeah. don't.
3: Oh look, cat. So, what about you, Pat? Uh, well fellow dyslexic why would you want to play something like boggle that's the way they look anyways
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, for me specifically a game is god was it perpetual notion the game the kids love yeah, playing
0: they and love it just, they
3: love it it's a game that is meant to uh, you start off with like a card that just describes something so like it is round and then okay. some and you have a Fistful of cards that are just descriptors that can add that uh, can be electronic. Don't put near water. And everyone goes around the table and places one of these on there as everyone's trying to keep what you know something in their head that could fit all of those words, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fun. And then somebody's like, "Wait, no! How can it be both this and that?" And then you got to defend the word. Uh huh. Uh huh. It might be a far more fun game for a super late night and possibly slightly drunk for people who don't care about points. (laughs) In our house, it is horrifyingly awful because (laughs) they will argue over the dumbest little thing. But we usually by the time they've got like nine or ten cards and each card I can't remember say is worth a point first person to 15 point wins. So if you finally call somebody on it, uh-huh. then you have an argument as to whether or not bread can qualify as can be electronic, but also not near water. Like, Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
3: It gets into the level of esotericness that just drives us a little insane. We
0: hate this game. I but, get that. I get that. And the but kids our, think it's great. Kids love it because they love the Because they like fighting. They like the arguing. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: Uh So there are games when, say, I'm not playing a game, and the three of them play, I will get the two kids upstairs within the first 10 minutes. All right, you are going to be the arbiter of this decision. (laughs) Do you think bread can be electric? Like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) And it's never well, you saw that thing on uh, that science show that if you put electrodes in, it can actually Uh transverse through the starch proteins. And I'm like... Oh my God. I think I want to die now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just not a good game to play with (laughs) people who are pedantic.
3: All right. Next question. Uh, What is a game you would love to teach somebody post pandemic?
2: Oh, Mm. uh, so uh, there's this company that has been kickstarting games. They're uh, apples to apples style games where there's a judge each round and everyone's trying to, you know, um, contribute like the best or funniest answer that gets judged they've had three kickstarted games the third the third one is just in kickstarting now the first one is called charty party c-h-a-r-t-y where you are given line graphs and bar, bar graphs and and charts and you have to say what those are charts of right and the, the funniest oh, okay. ones win the, the second one is called uh, Puns of Anarchy, where there will be a, uh, a topic, like uh, food, right? And you have to take all your, your item cards, cards that have people or places or whatever on them, and uh, write on them with a dry erase marker to make them puns based on the topic that was chosen by the judge. By changing like, a letter. By like, changing like wow. a letter or Two a letters. word, or whatever. Okay.
1: Yeah. right?
2: It's a, it's a puns game. So the the latest one that I'm really looking forward to, pandemic ending to play, is called uh, Ransom Notes, where it is a topic gets gets played and it's like uh, tell tell the judge why they are uh, uh, tell the judge that their fly is down in the most polite way possible. But then you have to write your note to them using a very limited number of magnetic poetry um, words words on them. Your your submission card is a metal plate. So you have to pick your little magnetic poetry tiles Mm -hmm. to tell a message to the judge that their fly is down. And then they're going to pick one. And then they'll pick whichever one is the the best or the funniest. So it'll be like, you are embarrassed. Horses are loose or something like that. Like like you have to, (laughs) they're they're, they're always going to be a little bit nonsense, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing those games with people.
1: I'm very much looking forward to teaching people Fallout Shelter. Uh, Fallout Shelter came out during the pandemic. It is so fun. If you ever played the uh, phone game, Fallout Shelter, it's like a worker placement game. So we made a board game. Based on that, and it's it's you you build rooms with different cards, the different spaces on the on the cards get you different things. You're earning, you're creating resources, and then spending the resources and trying to get the most points at the end. It's super easy to learn. You can play four players, and I am gonna play the shit out of it at the very first OmegaCon that we get to have. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I'm just so excited. It's so great.
2: It's a very fun game, and it has uh, a neat thing where uh, monsters that go into rooms are printed on clear plastic cards. So it looks like it's in that room. It overlays the room. It overlays oh, the room. Good. It's really neat. I'm yeah. surprised I haven't seen more games use something for that. Because
1: it's expensive as hell. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's so expensive. Oh, my God, it's so expensive.
2: <laughs> well, there you go.
3: <laughs> what
0: do you got? Well, did you use your... I haven't done, but I thought you- I wanted to know what yours was first.
3: Oh, uh, uh, that... Oh, so sweet. Uh, actually, it's the game you just mentioned, the moving the pieces around, the cooperative game. You can only go north. They can only go down. Oh, Magic it. Maze. Magic Maze. Oh,
1: yeah. I've yeah. heard good things.
3: It's really fun, and it's just a game that,
0: well, one thing you cannot play. You can't play it over Zoom. No. Zoom or no. anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got to be able to see it.
0: Yeah. Uh, honestly, the game that, that we really have enjoyed and play, played a lot is uh, Wingspan. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned it before It's a great it game It won a Pat- shit
1: ton of awards
0: And Pat and I love it And the thing is Our kids don't So that's why I'm looking forward To not having a <laughs> pandemic Because we can play it With people You uh, can
1: teach us Because we haven't yeah. played it And I really uh, want to learn So uh, yes. <laughs> yes Yes we,
0: we want to play this game Exciting and it's, We brought it with us When we went uh, down to Texas With our friends And we played We played that game And it was awesome
3: That sounds awesome Okay So Let's see uh, oh, this is getting into the post-COVID activities. What are you looking forward to the most with people? Me, having a family, not a family meal. A
0: yeah, not a family meal. Intimate no.
3: friends meal. like Chosen family a meal. Chosen family, family meal. gathering meal. That's I, one thing I'm looking forward to.
1: I, I can't wait to go out to a restaurant. Uh, specifically, whether it's just me and Nick or getting a bunch of people together whatever. I just, I miss going to restaurants so much. I love it. I love having a a meal I would never make myself. I love getting a cocktail I would never be able to make myself because it has crazy ingredients and just like the way it feels to just have like a a, a good meal and like you leave a big fucking tip and you just you go outside after and you're like oh fuck that was good oh god and everyone's like yeah that was so good Uh I just can't wait for that and then the the long Minnesota goodbye where you hug each other and you hug everybody <laughs> and you say oh this is great it's great okay well we'll see you later and you all start walking the same direction and you're like oh you this <laughs> way oh we're this oh that's funny oh we're this way okay all right and then you gotta do it all again when you get to the corner where you actually do split off like yeah I can't wait <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah Nick, yeah, Nick is looking at me and I had an answer. <laughs> now I'm like, I do not remember. Um, if you want to me you know, yeah, go, 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 go. So, uh,
2: uh, I've been working for from home for years before the pandemic started, and uh, one thing I really like to do to break up the day was window shopping. Mm. I would just go to target or like the mall of America mm-hmm. and not necessarily have any purpose or desire and maybe not even spend money, but especially in the winter time when it's really hard to walk outside because mm-hmm. everything's so fucking icy, it's dangerous. It was a nice way to stretch your legs, see some human beings and mm-hmm. and just kill some time and like get out of the house And now it's like every time you go out in public, you're you're adding risk.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And
2: so I can't justify. Yeah. You know these kind of recreational shopping trips, even if I'm not
0: actually. It's gotta be a shopping trip with a purpose
2: right yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're not
1: curbside. browsing no browsing yeah we get yeah. what we need get and we the, fucking leave get yeah. it
2: in and get the fuck out of here you're yeah. lucky
1: we didn't do curbside deliveries so they could screw it up right yeah <laughs> i
2: and i i'm i'm really looking forward to that even though mm-hmm. it's not very social uh yeah yeah
1: it is it is it's 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 extrovert social in the it's way scary. that you around people and you're getting people's energy right yeah i Jim, what's um yours?
0: right now, uh, we, we lost a cat right before the pandemic started. We've always, well, for most of our, most of our cat owning lives have had somewhere between three and four cats. Mm-hmm. And right now we have two and I'm ready for another cat, but we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't get cats without having a chance to meet them first right. and feel like True. they're the right, the right personality to come into the house. So I would really like to be able to get another cat. Um, we, we're, yeah. We're, we
1: were thinking about getting a kitten too. And then we moved because yeah, Triskit's gets, gets 12. So he's starting to get older. So it'd be good for him to have a kitten because, you know, it revitalizes an older yeah, cat to have a kitten around. And yeah, so but we're in the same boat. Like we don't just want to like, Oh, my cat's having kittens. Who wants one? Like, it's yeah. like, no, I want to, I want to go like maybe see a kitten at a shelter or something. To yeah, and we, had, go. we
0: had somebody whose cat was having kittens and we're like, we'd love to get one. You know, is there any way we can work out an opportunity, you know, like have the kittens on the porch or something? And it just mm-hmm. wasn't going to work out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Without yeah. being able to meet the kittens, we just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. That one, bring it over to our house.
3: Yeah. Okay, with that question, four or three? That was three. That was three. Okay, four. Going on to moving. Uh, You guys just moved. Tim's mom just moved. Talking about downsizing and getting rid of stuff. This is the, what's the last non-essential thing you'd get rid of, but has value. So photo albums don't count. Journals don't count. Something that has somewhat of value. That'd be the last thing on the downsizing. That's a good question.
2: I have two pieces of art that I'd be I'd be very hard pressed to get rid of. Both of which were gifts from Molly. I have a stained glass uh, Doctor Doom that she commissioned for me, mm. and then an, an oil painting portrait of uh, our old cat Hot Pocket, who passed, who was my my first pet that was like my pet mm-hmm. as an adult. And so, and those are both like very precious to me, and not something I I need. And not really a ton of value to anyone else necessarily, but valuable nonetheless. I'd be very, it'd be hard to pick. I have a T-shirt that I stole from Nick when we first started dating,
1: and I wear it all the time. And it's my it's a pajama shirt, and I love it. And I it is it's gonna fall apart one day because at this point I've had it for 15 years, and he probably had it for a few years before that. So and I probably <laughs>
2: wasn't kind to it's, it.
1: It's uh, it doesn't have any holes yet or anything. It's way too big on well, me. Well, it has like it's, three or four holes. You know, it's like yeah, it's, of course, yes, and... it has a head and a neck. Yes, yes, uh, but it's, uh, I would not. I would not. I will not give away that shirt. That'll be the last. That'll be the last night shirt I own. If that's what it comes down to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around uh, this room and all the nerd stuff, mostly like big Lego builds. And I guess if I had to pick the Lego builds, that would be the last to get rid of. It would be the the Cinderella Castle, Disney Castle, because it's mm-hmm. just fucking awesome. It and, is really awesome. And the Saturn V rocket, which is right over here, because it is also pretty awesome and so those would probably be the last two that i'd be like okay i'm i'm i know that i'm done with my death cleaning when i finally send those out the door yeah yeah that's
1: how they know it's time
0: yep yep it's any day now what about you pat it will be it will be any day now eventually
3: Jesus. OK, um, I go round and round with this, but it's going to have to be there's a subset of my book collection that are most of them are alphabetized. This set is not alphabetized. It's not in with the rest of them. And so it's probably those that box of books, because those are the ones that I'll pick up and read any of them.
1: Oh, see, I thought of books as having functions. So I didn't even yeah. think about including books because I'm like, well, those clearly have a function I need to read. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I
0: that's fair. It worked yeah, out just no, I fine. that
1: yeah yeah i get that i have some books that like i'm not i don't think i think they're out of print like they're just shitty chick-fick paperbacks but there's a couple of them that i really liked and i don't think they make them anymore i don't think they're in print at all so like i'm not gonna sell it to get like 25 cents for it or whatever. Like, I'm just gonna keep that. That's coming with me. I'm gonna read it every few years when I forget the story. And then then in the middle, I'm like, oh, right. Oh, she kills the guy. Right, she kills the guy because it turns out the guy was her brother. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) God damn it, you spoiled it for us now, Molly. I know, you're
1: never gonna know it. When Uh, you read a book and you're like, this was the book she was
0: talking about. This girl just killed the guy. And it was her brother.
3: Sorry, have you guys seen Shits Creek?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just
3: don't yeah. worry, it's it's his sister. Eat <laughs> <All right>.
1: class! <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> okay, um, uh, I guess it's kind of a geeky boner b- question, but like, what's the TV show you just started watching or really want to watch? Like something you're really looking forward to? That's not like uh, WandaVision.
1: We're watching The Crown, and I'm obsessed with it. Ah. Uh, we have we haven't started. We just finished season three last night, so we're about to start season four with Thatcher and Diana, and I'm oh, yeah, right. and I'm very excited because like this is the part that I remember. I remember you know Thatcher and Diana and all that stuff growing up. So and the Troubles, which apparently are relegated to one line oh. of dialogue about the, yeah apparently oh. it's real bad. Yeah, so I'm very excited about that, but because we finally while we were packing and stuff. And it was like, we kind of ran out of TV and it was like, fuck it. Everyone always says the crown is good. Let's just watch one. Let's just watch one and we'll see if it's our thing. And like three later, it's just like with Bridgerton. Like we watch one and then like, but the night, by the next thing we know we're at the end of the the third episode and we're like, we gotta go to bed, but we gotta watch more tomorrow. I gotta watch. I need to know. This is great. This is great.
2: (laughs) Uh, We, we just uh, cruised through uh, a show called Keep Your Hands Off Aizuken. Uh, Aizuken is a film club, right? Hmm. It's a okay. it's Japanese anime. It's Slice of Life, so it's not like giant robots or aliens or anything like that. Just but some it's some girls in their school. It's three high school girls who form a club to make a make anime, like to do cell okay. animation, sure. And and one of them is like a figure artist, and one of them is like a concept artist, and then there's the girl who is the like cold-hearted, ruthless producer who keeps them on track and like does their budget and and like like makes them you know actually make the the movies that they want to make. Why did you finish
1: on time? This is supposed to be due tomorrow. Are you going to be done?
2: Like, yeah, get and back it's, to work it's it's an incredibly uh, it takes place in a city called Shibahama which is a very very peculiar and interesting japanese city and it's on hbo max it's just like 10 episodes i think it's super cute uh, i i can't recommend it enough it's incredibly sweet it's uh it's only subtitled so you know if if that's an obstacle to you that 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 mm-hmm. stinks maybe there'll be a, a dub eventually i fell
1: asleep during three episodes and was able to pick it back up for what it's worth like yeah. it's, it's not it's uh, yeah and, it's,
2: and the theme song is catchy as all yeah fuck. yeah uh,
1: worse than our show uh,
2: yeah. it's, it's really <laughs> pretty it's bad really really pretty bad the great intro yeah. uh, and then the, it's very meta because it's animation about animation and how animation mm-hmm. is made
0: hmm. what about you two uh well, I guess since Pat brought it up, we did just start watching Shits Creek. We just finished season 1, so we are Yay! we are working our way through Shits Creek right now and it is uh really funny. It I gets can't wait better to, and better.
1: It, every season is so much funnier than the last. We should do I can't wait to do an episode on this. this okay. Is, yeah. Okay, it's, well, I
2: yeah. I disliked the show at significantly first. at too. first, especially with Roland Shit, like he's I Like yes. Chris Elliott okay, but like he's a bad character and he made the show really unlikable to yeah. me at first. The show definitely had to grow on me,
1: yeah. The first yeah. episode for us was like, like, Why should I care about <laughs> these rich people? Oh my god, I don't care! Yeah. Like, and, and, and so, it, but we got convinced to keep watching and I'm glad we did.
0: Yeah, I, I will say that I have never, and this is not against. Chris Elliott, not his fault. I have never liked Chris Elliott in anything. Mm -hmm. Never, Uh, never have, not once. But cabin boy. He's a
1: love or hate. I feel like people love him or hate him. Yeah. But
0: I am liking him. I'm disliking him less (laughs) as it progresses. So you're enjoying,
1: you're enjoying disliking him. That's the thing. You're supposed to. You're not supposed to like Roland. Shit. You're supposed to enjoy. Watching rolling shit and going, God, this fucking guy! Like, you know, like he's just such a dumbass. Like, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good I'm, one. Mine's one that I'm looking forward to, but we're doing Shits Creek first. Uh, Netflix's Murder Among the Mormons. Oh, I heard about this. I've heard really good things about it, so I keep trying to not watch it when Tim's busy. Even yeah. though I might like sneak in an episode just to see how good it is, and then say, No, 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 we're watching this now.
0: I am also gonna say yeah. that we haven't watched Queen's Gambit yet, and I really want to. So. That too,
3: Ooh, that's really
0: good yeah. too. I uh, wanna
1: watch uh, the Hotel Cecil, which I don't think Nick is gonna wanna watch because <laughs> it's just about people who got murdered at this one hotel, uh, <laughs> including the Black Dahlia, which is like something I've been obsessed with since a kid, the Black Dahlia murders, so I, 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 I feel you, Pat. I wanna <laughs> I want to be watching, and part of me is like, but what if I start watching it? And I'm like, but this is good, you'd like it. And, and then, no,
3: I don't know, mm. I don't know. <laughs> Uh. All right, little watching club. Maybe we'll have a little watching club,
1: yeah, right? Murder show, Murder show. All right, thank you. That was a good five questions, Pat. And thank you so much for being on the show. It's always a joy to have you. Uh, and uh, yeah, that is our show about house rules. If you have a house rule that you love that we never mentioned that you want to talk about, or if you're like, Wait, what do you mean no one plays Monopoly right? What part no. is the house rule? It's free parking. It's free There's parking. no such rule that says you get the money when you land on free parking. There's that's no the, money
0: on free parking. There's
1: no money on free parking, but everyone has always played it that way. So like, that's like, Also,
0: as soon as you run out of money, you have to auction off every property. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. No one does that either.
0: Nope. <laughs> also, there's dumb. no such...
1: There's no such thing as a bank error in your favor. They'll take
3: that (laughs) money back.
1: Don't spend that money. Do not spend that money.
3: (laughs) It's only a matter of time. I want to know how everybody across the country had the free parking rule as a whatever rule before the Internet. Right. Everyone did that exact same thing.
1: Yeah. It's very it's pretty it's pretty pervasive. Uh, yep. anyway uh we are working on our website as you may or may not have seen it may be fixed by now it may be totally revamped uh we're not sure a wonderful jeffrey brown friend of the show is working on it for us and uh we are very excited that is thanks to our patrons those of you who gave us money on patreon every month you are the reason that we are able to have better sound equipment when we're not in a pandemic and better website even though we're in a pandemic yeah. and uh Really appreciate everything that you guys do for us. Even if you don't support us, we very much appreciate your support by listening. So if you don't have the funds to help us on Patreon, we'd love it if you would tell a friend about the show. Let them know that you have a podcast. Everyone's all done with their podcast at this point. They're like, What should I listen to? I'm looking for something new. Mm-hmm. Turn your friends on to the beauty of Geeks Without Gop.
0: 450 uh, plus episodes. My God, they'll be listening you, forever.
1: Exactly. You must have a friend who is in to comedy or is a geek or is an atheist or is one of all three right like you've got these friends you are a geeky atheist who loves comedy that's why you listen to us so spread the word uh you can find us on twitter and facebook and our lovely new website uh and we really appreciate you guys sticking with us it has been one hell of a year this this episode basically marks one year of us recording uh, over Zoom for the pandemic. We know that it has had its ups and downs for you, the listeners, in terms of audio quality and everything else. We really appreciate you. Uh, we are so excited that someday we're going to be able to get back into the studio in Tim's basement. Uh, but until that day, we are still going to come at you from Zoom and provide you with hot new content every Tuesday. Super hot. Until next week. See you next Tuesday. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.
0: Bye. (laughs) In our house, my hundred-sided die is a cat toy. So that's our house rule. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We
2: don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority.
1: We're geeks. Geeks Without God. Need more Geeks Without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God.
0: We're geeks, geeks without God. Geeks Without God, God, (laughs) now with hotter content.